Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. These programs are based on the ministry of Witness Lee and his 21-year crowning work, The Life Study of the Bible, which focuses on the enjoyment of Christ as the divine life as revealed in the Bible. We hope that through these studies, you'll be brought into a deeper enjoyment of the scriptures and of our dear and precious Lord Jesus. You can contact us by sending email to radio at lsm.org, or reach us toll-free, 888-LIFE-STUDY. Now, let's join today's program. The Bible commands us to do many things. Even beyond the well-known Ten Commandments, page after page of Scripture can seem like one demand after another. A lot of people shy away from the Bible for just this reason, because they're well aware that every attempt to carry out the demand seems to be met with discouraging failure. So what should be our response whenever we're faced with a thou shalt not or thou shalt? Stay tuned for the surprising answer on today's Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee. With us today for a program that I believe may touch many of God's genuine seekers is Ron Kangas. Ron, welcome back to our broadcast. Thank you. I really appreciate your opening word. And I just want to say at the outset, there's no exaggeration here that if the believers were honest about their Bible reading, some are, just don't know how to react to what they perceive as all the requirements, and the requirements are there. But God's view of how to fulfill these requirements is very different from our natural religious concept. And Brother Lee's ministry on this point, and I hope our fellowship on this point, may make quite a contribution and be very encouraging, even potentially revolutionizing to so many of the hungry and thirsty people of God who want to get more out of their Bible reading and study than they have up to this point. I recommend a prayerful listening to the ministry and fellowship on this in particular. Amen. I will add the amen, Ron, to the prayer. You know, you mentioned God's view. That's really what we endeavor to get into on this message particularly. This is critical that we see it in this kind of light. Can you give us an overview, Ron? I'd be happy to do this, and I have the feeling that perhaps it's been a while since we presented a kind of basic definition of God's economy, which is really the central theme of the Scriptures. God's economy is his plan and his arrangement to dispense himself in Christ through the Word into his chosen and redeemed people in order to produce in them a corporate expression of himself. Now, with this in mind, let's consider this matter of approaching the Bible. There is no doubt that there are all kinds of commands and requirements and exhortations are in the Scriptures. So, we may have one of two reactions. We may say, I love the Lord and I love his word, so I will do this. I'll try my best to do this. We testify for the long run. That doesn't work. Another reaction is, I love the Lord and I believe his word, but this is too much for me. I can't do it. A knowing can do it. Just forget about it. But what God wants is that we come to him and we come to the word, doing both simultaneously, that we afresh speak forth our love for him and we love his word and we believe his word. 
but then we tell the Lord, in myself, I cannot do what the Bible requires. Lord, I need you to do this. I need you as my grace. I need you as my life supply. Actually, I need you to live in me to fulfill the requirement of your own word. This, we are testifying, is God's thought, is God's intention. When the children of Israel in Exodus 19 heard about God speaking to Moses, they said, oh, whatever the Lord says, we will do. That's a strong indication they knew neither the Lord nor themselves. So then the scene changed and became quite threatening, and God then had to engage in a process through the law to train the people to realize, you can't do what I require. You need me to be everything to you as grace. That is the only way. God does not want us to try in our flesh, in our natural life, in our self, to fulfill his word. Rather, God wants us to love him and his word, open to him and to his word, and receive him through the word so that he will live in us to fulfill the requirements of his own word. Now, isn't this wonderful? This works. This is the truth And this works. This honors God, it honors his word, and it honors God's economy with his dispensing. And when we do this, the Bible is most pleasant to us. It's not a book of letters. Actually, it's a book of God infusing himself into us through his word. That's what we're going to learn about in this program today. Well, let's get to it. Let's join Witness Lee. Let me tell you a secret. Whatever the Bible tells you, don't say it, Lord, I'll do it. Help me to do it, I pray. Don't do this. You must say, Lord, I love you. The Lord says, love your neighbor. Lord, I love you. The Lord says, honor your mother. Lord, I love you. I love you. Why I love you? Because I cannot honor my parents. I cannot honor my mother, Lord. But I love you. I just love you. I like to stay with you according to your word, Lord. I just like to be here. I love you and I love your word, but I cannot honor my mother. Then the Lord will say, go tell her. Whatever you cannot do, I'll do it in you. What I never could do. God is doing in me. Amen your word. To amen the word of the Lord means what? Means whatever I cannot do, God would do in me. This is not religious concept. The Lord says, go to preach the gospel of the kingdom. If this Lord, I love you. And I love this word. But Lord, I must tell you, I cannot do it. No need to say to the uttermost of the world, just to the next door, I cannot do it. I can't die. I love you, Lord. I like to stay here. I just like to stay. You know how? The deep conviction will come into you. You cannot do. As long as you love me, as long as you love my word, as long as you stay with me, as long as you belong with me, whatever you cannot do, I'll do it. I'll do it. Within you. Have you got it? If this could be, 
impressed into you. I do believe it will change you. Ron, the Bible says that we should love our neighbor. It even tells us that we need to love our enemies. Tradition tells us that when we hear such a word, we need to gird ourselves up and to do it. But we're hearing today that our response should be something quite different. Ron, are we saying then that we don't need to love our neighbor or love our enemy? Absolutely not. We dare not in any way set aside any portion of the Word of God. We are commanded to love our neighbor. We are commanded to love our enemies and to pray for those who persecute us. So we don't have the option of not doing it. We don't have the option to say, Lord, this is impossible. I can't do this, and so let me just comfort myself by reading some seemingly softer portion of the Bible. No, this is God's Word. The problem is, as we indicated, we either try or we give up. Neither gives any opportunity for the Lord to do what he wants to do, and that is live in us. So let's take the command to love your enemy. Here is the approach that's pleasing to God. We read this and we say, Lord, I love you. I love your word. I believe in you. I believe in your word. The word tells me to love my enemies. Lord, I confess to you, I can't do this in myself. Only you, Lord, can do this. Lord, I need to apply Galatians 2.20 right now. I have been crucified with Christ. The I that would try to do this has been crucified. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. But the life I now live in the flesh, I live in faith in the Son of God. So we need to apply Galatians 2.20, a verse crucial to God's economy, to all of these requirements in the Word. Lord, I won't try, neither will I give up and not open to you. Rather, I will let you live in me to fulfill the requirement of your own Word. A brief example. We all know that when our Lord Jesus was dying on the cross, he prayed, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. I was very impressed one day in my reading of Acts that when our brother Stephen was being stoned, he was really one with the Lord. The Lord even appeared to him. He was calling on the Lord. And his prayer at the end was reminiscent of the Lord's prayer on the cross. He said, Lord, don't hold this sin against them. Do you think Stephen was working at this? Was he wondering, what would Jesus do in this situation? How am I supposed to conduct myself when I'm being stoned? He was just loving the Lord. He was one with the Lord. We know from his speaking in Acts 7, he was full of the word of God. And the Lord was living in him. And the living of Christ was reproduced in Stephen. This example just comes to me in a fresh way right now as we're conversing. Let's follow the pattern of our brother Stephen. Let's not try to love our enemies. Let's not try to pray for those that are persecuting us. Let's just be open to the Lord, one with the Lord, filled with the Lord, and let him live in us to fulfill his word 
whatever it is. It's so wonderfully simple and marvelously enjoyable. And what's especially enjoyable is the fact appropriating the word in this way makes God very happy because it gives an opportunity for his beloved son to live in the believers today. Well, I can only say I hope that our listeners are enjoying satisfaction with our program today as much as I'm enjoying and uh, experiencing satisfaction in our fellowship, Ron. Let's go back to Witness Lee. Again, I go back. Why God packed the moose there for 40 days and 40 nights doing nothing? Really doing nothing? No. God accomplished the top business. That is, God infused Moses with himself. Amen. There was a man coming down the mountain. Shine. Wasn't this wonderful? I tell you, this is what God wants. We all need to see this. He fulfilled God's heart's desire. And he became a man of God. Not a good man, but a God man. Why? Because he was transfused with God. He was transfused with God. He was mingled with God. He was a, a piece of black air. Now the fire got into him. Transfused the piece of black air with burning fire. And eventually there was a mingling. And then the black and becomes bright, shining. What is this? This is the burning, shining iron. Isn't this the kind of mingling? We are pieces of black iron. We need to be burned by God. Then we will shine. This is what God wants. When we come to the Bible, regardless of Exodus, our revelation, you just Say, Lord, I love you. I like to stay with you. I like to touch your word. Whatever you say, I take it. But Lord, you know I cannot do it. Hallelujah. I know you start saying, you do it for me. And you do it within me. I just like to stay with you. This will make you different. This will make you different. I believe you have tried a few times. Whenever... You would make up your mind to love your wife. You never did it. You never did it. But whenever you never thought about loving the wife, yet you spend some time, you got infused, you are the top husband on this whole earth. Right. Even your wife got shocked. Your wife would say, is this my husband? Too many times I made up my mind to do something. I never did it. I never made it. But too many times also, I never made up my mind to do anything. I just got infused. Oh, what a wonderful person. This is what God wants. Well, Ron, once again, we have seen that God kept Moses on the mountain for 40 days. And he was receiving more than just commandments and instructions during this time. As the example we saw, just as a piece of black, cold iron placed into the fire gets much more than just information about the fire. There's a mingling of the fire with that iron 
People struggle a little bit when they hear this term mingle sometimes. What do we mean and what don't we mean when we use this term? When we speak of mingling, there are two elements that are combined into one thing. But in this combination, the different elements remain distinct, yet they're one. We do not mean that two elements are combined and then a third thing, different from the two original elements, is produced. We use this word to refer first to the person of Christ as the God-man. He is the complete God. He is a perfect man, but he's one person. His divinity is mingled with his humanity, and his humanity is mingled with his divinity in his one person. But if you read the Gospels carefully, you can distinguish here he is expressing something human. Here he is doing something surely that's divine. So in the Lord himself, we do not have a third thing produced, something not fully God, not fully man. No, that's an improper understanding of the person of Christ and a misuse of this term. Mingling means, in the case of the person of Christ, divinity and humanity are mingled together, yet remain distinct in the one person of Christ. Since to be a Christian really is to be a Christ man, a person with Christ living in us, the principle is the same, that when we allow the Lord to live in us and we live in him, a kind of mingling takes place. But that doesn't nullify our humanity and that doesn't make us God in the Godhead. It makes us a mingling of divinity and humanity. There's a verse in 1 John chapter 4 which says, whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwells in him and he in God. That's mingling. So when Moses was on the mountain, he received a continual infusion from God, much like iron is infused with the fire and changes color and glows. Moses was still a human, but the element of God was infused into him, producing a marvelous glow. So that's how we're using the word, and we use it carefully, yet we use it deliberately because it points to a marvelous reality in the Christian life in which, in our fellowship with the Lord, he is one with us, living in us, and we are one with him, living in him, and this is a mingling. So I would encourage all of our listeners to spend more time beholding the Lord and his word, experiencing the infusion of the divine element, and being mingled with him for his expression. Well, let's join Witness Lee Run, and then you and I will return for one more chance to fellowship. What is the function of the law? Or what is the function of the Bible? It's there to expose your real condition, your real situation. The Bible has a function. It has a function like this. Without the law, no one knows sin. But the law comes, sin got exposed. Rather, you may say, the law makes you so sinful. So the law exposes you. It's not bad. And the law also what? If you are right with God, 
The law not only exposes you, the law will subdue you. You got exposed, you got subdued, and you become so humble before God. I'm just so bad. I'm just so dirty. Lord, I love you, but I'm so bad. I'm so sinful. I'm so dirty. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your redemption. Thank you for your blood. Thank you for the cleansing. Thank you for the purifying. Not only by your blood, but also by your spirit. It's wonderful. Without the Bible or without the law, you could never realize yourself so sinful. And you could never be subdued. Everyone is a proud person. We are not proud before man, but even before God. The law of the Bible shuts your mouth. Don't justify yourself. Don't vindicate yourself. The law exposes you. The Bible exposes you. And the word of God subdues you. Then the Bible guards you. It guards you. It preserves you. And eventually, the Bible always brings you to Christ. So, you will get no curse, but all blessings. You got enlightened, you got subdued, you got preserved, guarded, and you got brought to Christ. And here, you would receive Christ as your life, and you would stay with Christ, and you would receive Christ even as your person. Eventually, Christ, he is just the embodied God. When you have him, you have God. When you stay with him, you stay with God. Amen. When you are one with him, you are one with God. Eventually, the result is spontaneously a kind of living will issue up. That is, to me, to live is Christ. Amen. This equals the shining of God on your face. Ron, we have all experienced that the law which really can be nearly any portion of the Bible, exposes us. But maybe not all of us have experienced the law bringing us to Christ so that we can experience him as the one shining into us. What can you offer, Ron, to help all of the seeking ones into this kind of experience? I would like to say this in brief. Uh, The law in particular and the Bible as a whole is a testimony of Christ. This we need to realize. Also, the function of the law is to expose our fallen situation so that we will be convicted and that we will turn to the Lord to be saved and supplied. So the law has this twofold function positively, and the Bible has this twofold function as well. Positively, it's a testimony of God in Christ. Negatively, it exposes us, it enlightens us, eventually it subdues us until we are convinced, I cannot do anything in my flesh to save myself, I cannot do anything in my natural life to please God. My only hope is to turn to the Lord Jesus and to be saved, and once we're saved, to turn again and again to the Lord Jesus to be supplied. So the principle is the same. Whether we're coming to the Lord for the first time or coming to the Lord in our daily living as believers, the Bible 
testifies of Christ. The Bible also really reveals that we cannot do what the Bible requires. So we need to come to the one of whom the scriptures testify. Love him, receive him, enjoy him, and allow him to live in us for the glory of God. I would encourage so many of our listeners, just try this. When you get a chance later today, just sit down, open the word, pray, and just tell the Lord, Lord, as I read your word, I'm coming to you. Supply me with what I need. Well, Ron, our time is up. Very marvelous and uh, helpful fellowship. Thanks again. You're welcome. I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, produced by Living Stream Ministry. Living Stream Ministry is dedicated to the works of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two co-laborers with the Lord in China during the first half of the 20th century. After World War II, Watchman Nee sent Witness Lee to carry out this ministry in Taiwan. Later, the Lord led him to the United States and eventually to the rest of the world before he went to be with the Lord in 1997. Living Stream Ministry now has hundreds of titles by Watchman Nee and Witness Lee available in English, plus many in more than 50 other languages. To find out more about Living Stream and all that we offer, visit our website, lsm.org. You can also reach us toll-free at 1-888-543-3788 or email us, radio at lsm.org. Thanks for listening.